Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. The name's Cable. Remember it. And the only people who can stop apocalypse are the mutants known as Dayspring, Scott Free, and Michelle. This is Captain America, and we need to defeat apocalypse. What's up, Familia? We have a very special episode today on Power of X-Men because we're going to take a little detour from the X-Men universe and we're going to talk about some of the other characters that populate the Marvel universe. 616! And to help me out, we have to bring back our fan favorite host. You've seen him on Instagram. He is he's eye candy. Let Varian lad. How are you doing? What's up, everybody? What's up, Dayspring? How's it going? <laughs> you like that I called you eye candy? I, yeah, I mean, I'll take it, sure. Um, just remember, just remember, pretty fades, dumb as forever. That's true. So I am fucked. <laughs> no, right? you're so smart. You're oh. so smart. I always tell this to people, like someone's asked me the other day, oh, for your podcast, who are some of the people you talk to a lot? I was like, well, you know, I just made friends with this guy over in, in London and we're, we're talking all the time. And I, I really feel like I can confide in him about like non like comic book stuff. And you know, you mean a lot to me. So oh, well, you mean a lot to me too. I know we I need do. to, we need to film one of these in real life, not across the pond continents away from each other. Well, bitch, you were at New York comic con literally okay, seen everyone except me like you, a quick DM. Like I would have answered your DM cause you were at Cyclops. I'd be like, Ooh, who's this? I think it actually took you like a few days to answer. <laughs> well, it's because I was sober. That's, That's probably why. true. That's why Sean, or excuse me, Latvian. It's Lab. fine. You get, Sean's <laughs> quicker for this. Latvian Lad on Instagram, if you guys want to find me, we'll call it Sean. Yeah. Okay. Latvian Lad, AKA Sean, tell me, X Men Vote just dropped today. We're recording this on the day the X Men Vote dropped 2023. Who are you? Yeah. I know who you're campaigning for, but let the folks at home who yeah. haven't seen your video who you're campaigning for. So I would vote for Juggernaut because um, I just, I love when villains end up with like a redemption arc or a hero arc, or even if they don't end up on the team with heroes and then either backstab them, twist, or like are forced to, to do good. Um, I just think there's a lot of interesting stuff they can do with him. I think he's popular enough. I think most people know him. Um, yeah, I think he's less niche. I mean, I don't think he's going to win. I think Dazzler's going to win. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, yes, current polling data shows yeah. that Dazzler's coming out on top by a landslide. Um, and I have to say, though, I think when um, when I was hearing, uh, actually, I was listening to your podcast the other day, and you were going through all their slogans, and I was I was backing Juggernaut, and then I heard Dazzler's slogan was it "Mutants don't die, and neither does Disco," <laughs> and I was like, oh, I think I need to change maybe my vote just based on that. Just based on that slogan. Um, okay, but I love how Michelle and Flink are like, yeah, Dazzler's going to do the Resurrection tour. <laughs> like, that was hysterical. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I think she could have a solo book, to be honest. Like, given how much hype there seems to be around her these days. Um, so I think, was it was it Michelle that said it? Like, I, I don't think she needs to be on the team. I think she probably needs her own miniseries or something separate. Um, 
Right. So, yeah, give it to Juggernaut. Well, she's had two volumes. Let, let's say three or four. Let, 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 let me clarify. She had her OG series, which was which was very well received within the Dazzler Stan community. She had Beauty and the Beast, which was her misadventures with a one Hank McCoy. She was on Exterminators, or excuse me, yes, Exterminators, but I meant to say Extreme, and then Exterminators as well. And all those series, though I didn't think they were the best, they were very well received. And there's no doubt that if you just invest a little bit more TLC with Dazzler, she also had a one shot in Necrotia that a lot of people enjoyed. You just got to put Allie out there. I, I, I'm with you. That's it. Put Allie out there. If you put her with some of like the bigger names on the X-Men team, she won't stand out as much. Um, so I almost feel like you kind of need somebody that's like going to fit in, not be necessarily the star, unless they really want to make the the narrative about the new person that they're adding in, which I don't think we've seen through the past that that kind of pans out. Um, so I just think, yeah, I think Juggernaut makes the most sense to slot in, not necessarily pull focus from everybody, but be kind of seamlessly into the team. Yeah, I think, I, I think Juggernaut, we've seen him on the X-Men before. We have an interview with Chuck Austin that we did with Flink that came out in November. And he was responsible during that era to have Juggernaut on the team. And he created a friendship between him and Sammy the Fish Boy, which I get confused with um, Code, the Swordfish Boy, or whatever from, we from, called him. From, from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. yeah, from our X-Men D&D. And I, I said this on our episode, you know, dissecting the X-Men vote. I really want Juggernaut to have a moment of him in the, you know, in the resurrection room. I'm forgetting what it's called. And you know, he comes up to the egg and it's Sammy being resurrected and having that sort of like heart and soul there for him. I think Juggernaut has done really well as a anti-hero. I'm, I'm curious to see what is in store with him. Although I have to tell you something that was cut from the episode was me being like, why is Juggernaut on this list? I bet someone at Marvel didn't even know he wasn't a mutant. And you, literally you cut that. That was absolutely there. And then you're oh, like, oh, I read the press it. release and they do yeah. see that. That oh my god! I yeah. thought I cut that out, man. I'm so I'm so embarrassed for anyone from Marvel who listens to this podcast. I apologize. <laughs> I didn't mean to be shady. Yeah, but um, okay. So exactly that. I thought I cut that part out, but yeah, I I the press release clearly said that, and I think Juggernaut is an interesting choice. Let's see where it goes. Let's see where they go. But yeah. do you know? I'm what? not holding my breath. I don't think he's gonna win, though. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna win. It's either gonna be Dazzler. Or frenzy or cannonball; those are going to be my my top three. You think can I, I? So I I'd like cannonball also. I don't think he's done the child. I think it would be like dazzler, jubilee, prodigy. Well, cannonball was in the original Krokoan X Men vote, the inaugural team. He was up for it. He did not pull very well. He was like last place, if I remember correctly. I mean, this is like three years ago at this point, but this time around. He, he has a lot of support. He's definitely top three. So what do you think's changed? I don't know. It could be the lineup. Like, so I've thought about this. What, what did change? I think it, it was a lineup. I think people, in, in reference to Dazzler specifically, I think she's coming off of Exterminators where she was a star. So people really, really want it. For Frenzy, I think this is a character that has so much untapped potential. She has a wonderful history with the Acolytes, the Marauders, and also she's in Sword. And she had a really great moment in Age of X where she was sort of like Cyclops's partner, girlfriend, I'm forgetting what it was, 
So I think she has a lot of intriguing story. I think Sam is coming off of New Mutants. I think he is, he looks better than someone like Juggernaut, right? I think with Jubilee, there may be some Jubilee fatigue with having her on the team. Yeah. You know, I think, I think people already know Jubilee. I think people in general would think that Jubilee is an evergreen X-Man in the way that Jean Storm and Wolverine and Cyclops are, that she doesn't necessarily need to be nominated because at one, it, it, sometime in her history in the future, she will be an x-men again so if i had to put why the current lineup is like that and why sam probably bombulated to the surface it's probably because of like everyone else not necessarily given his like popularity it's a good and word. i love him bombulated to the surface I like that. <laughs> you know i have to say though um did you mention it was it on the podcast if he wins i'm with you i want him back in the the blue and yellow outfit um, i should have credited you for that because like I never thought about how sexy that outfit was until you mentioned it one day to me yeah. about the harness and everything. And I was like, yeah, that's probably why why Mini Dayspring fell in love with him. At I, I will the, say the, that the, the 90s haircut. We're from a certain era, you and I. So the rider strong that, haircut. The, the rider strong haircut, the you know, the curtains. Um and I have to say, selfishly, it is the same costume pretty much as 90s Cyclops. So with a really slight alteration i could cosplay that in two seconds without having to invest any money well a i think the internet would thank you if you cosplayed that so 100 and two yeah i think you know if i had to put my finger on it and maybe because we're similar in age i think cannonball joined the x-men during that onslaught era so i was probably around 12 13 11 12 13 where i was transitioning out of sort of seeing myself as a kid and seeing myself more as an adult, or at least in my head, conceptualizing myself as an adult. And Sam was sort of going through like being the newest member on the team, graduating from new mutants and X-Force. So he was sort of a gateway character for me. He didn't last very long, by the way, as a gateway character. I mean, if you look at it, he's probably only two, three years, but it was those two, three years that lined up with me sort of self-discovering my identity. Because even even someone like Jubilee, I have to tell you, Jubilee felt older to me because I grew up watching Jubilee. I was yeah. I was way younger than Jubilee. I must have been like eight when the X Men anime series came out. So Sam just came at me at the right time, and that's why I would support him. and And also, he has a writer strong hair, and that's He's it. Got the writer strong hair. Wait, vote for vote okay. for Sam. Writer strong hair. Right there. That's the hashtag. Wait. You know what else came out this week, and we wanted to talk about it, or it was last week, were well, it was Sins of Sinister, and I wanted yeah. to get your feels for it. I loved it. I, I mean, because it. it impacts the entire Marvel universe, as we we're going to be talking about today. Oh yeah, but it's like you know, it takes place ten years in the future, so we all know that at the end of this, it's going to be like a rewind. None of that happened. It doesn't actually impact anything, so they can go crazy with it. Um, and I know, was it who was it yesterday? Was it fun that said he was part of Mister Sinister? I don't get it. Like. I think he is such a fun, funny character. And like, it's when near the end of the issue and they all kind of like, we all have our personalities and we're all sinisters together. And hey, we're like a big sinister family. Let's all, and then the next panel is him going, well, that could go to the fucking sea is literally (laughs) one of my favorite panels in any comic. So good. Um, No, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Well, listen, I got to defend my boy Flink here on this because we've talked about this endlessly Sinister sometime during the utopian age under Girion Gillen, Gillen, I can never pronounce his name, but during the, the his OG run on the extinction team for Uncanny X-Men, Sinister somehow transitioned from quirky, creepy geneticist to flamboyant. Quirky, oh yeah, campy villain. Campy villain. 
I don't think it's necessarily a terrible transition because I do like it, but Sinister legitimately scared me as a kid. So seeing him a little bit more over the top now is is sort of, it's always going to feel a little jarring for me, but I take issue with what happened in Hellions very much. First of all, they put him on the council and he murders his team during Ten of Swords. He, he murders the Hellions. And the council is like, oh, Sinister is just, you know, putting up a facade. These are crocodile tears, et cetera, et cetera. But he really does get away with murdering his yeah. team, right? And just like he really got away with um, like duping out Krakoa, like putting his own genetic material into, into these new bodies that are being created. And I just cannot believe, I've said this before, I cannot believe that mutant security wouldn't have taken into account genetic oh, yeah. tampering for Sinister. Again, well, unless he, unless he's the one doing the security for them, right? He's on the council. No, who he, better to right. create but, like the security for the genetics so people don't tamper than Mister Sinister? So you don't know that they didn't let him be the one in charge of that security. But that is my point, though. Why would you even let him be in charge of that to begin with? Because it's Mister Sinister. Because <laughs> he's yeah, crazy. They've, they've washed away the slate for everybody, right? At Krakoa, everybody gets a new fresh start. I listen. So that that so here here here's my final point on that. I don't know if it's that I'm sick of not not sick. That's not that's not fair to say, but sort of jaded with Sinister, or I just don't feel the writers have put in their homework on that. (laughs) I mean, it is a it's you know I think they have to obviously come up with some sort of right um, plot device, and it's I think the suspension of disbelief is not so far away. So listen. I, my suspension of disbelief is very generous. I want to say there are some things that sometimes I'm like, hmm. But no, I I know what you're saying. And and at a certain point, though, in our existence as fans, I think we have to put aside a lot of these these analytical yeah. thoughts and sort of roll with the stories, as long as it's a good story. So it's like you, you know, it makes me think of. Do you remember the Simpsons episode where they have Xena and she's at a conference? Yes. And like every question, I, she's like, a wizard did it. A wizard did it. No, even better when she's flying at the end and yeah. Lisa's like, I didn't know Xena could fly. And she looks down at them. She goes, I told you, I'm not Xena. I'm Lucy Lawless. Lawless yeah. I love that. Uh, a wizard did it. I Can love I just say, what I have more suspension of disbelief in that issue that I take more umbrage with uh-huh. being the Latvian boy next door is that they have a pilot going, oh, Doom started suspecting. So we killed them. And now he's a, a Doom bot that's like infected or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but Dr. Doom is not going to get tricked by Mr. Sinister or some like lazy plot by the mutants. Dr. Doom would have seen that coming a mile away. And I mean, we'll get to Namor because he's, you know, on a list for things we're going to talk about later. But like Doom, can't, uh, Namor can't take Doom. Let's be honest. I agree. L- listen, in terms of I, I pride myself in being objective about power levels and stuff like that. It's not which character I want to win is objectively which character is supposed to trump another. Dr. Doom trumps Namor and yeah. Sinister. For for the sake of the story, we will put our brain in the in the drawer. But yeah, and then like what was like I haven't read it in a week. So, but there's like a last sentence where it's like and there's a Doom bot out there in the Lavarian like wilderness claiming to be the OG Doom yeah. and like haha. I I just don't I don't buy that. But Listen, but that being I, said, we're like, yeah. I feel like we're shitting on it in the last five minutes. I really, really enjoyed oh, the issue. It was great. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes to. Familia, make sure to DM Varian Lad on Instagram your feels about Sense of Sinister. Yeah. And 
I mean, I agree unanimously. It's a great crossover, great fresh start or, you know, for a new crossover. So let's see where it goes. But what we're talking about today is non X-Men related, even though we've spent the last like 20 minutes talking about X-Men issues, but we're going to be talking about the general Marvel universe and some of our favorite non X-Men characters. That's right. Who outside of the X-Men made an impact on us and stayed yeah, in our minds throughout the years. So I'm a, such a fucking idiot. I had to like write down an entire list of just characters because if someone's like, who's your favorite non-X-Men character? I'll be like, uh, Batman? Because <laughs> like, I'm so bad on the spot, right? It's like those, like a Billy on the streets when they ask them like these trivial questions, like, but like in my everyday life. So I actually wrote down a list of characters. I know which ones like resonate with me, but I'm going to throw some at you as we discuss. Okay, so you want like, my opinion on yours as well then? Yeah, I, I, okay, I want cool. all of your feels. Listen, dude, it's all, all right. about your voice. And this, you... by the way, familia at home, this was Latvian Lad's idea for an episode. Idea That's for an true. episode. And I am so excited for it. I cannot wait to talk about all the feels here. In fact, even like skimming the list right now, I'm thinking about like a million things. So why don't you shoot? Go first with one of yours. We'll discuss it. I'll tell you who's top of my list after. Okay. Okay, so the number one on my list, I'm going to say it's a character that just resonates with me, non-X-Men, Marvel Universe, is Hellcat. Patsy Walker. This is going to be a hard pass. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I okay. just, like, so this, we were saying this before, that's such a niche character, okay, my dude, first, like... No. So niche. No, okay. First of all, she's not niche anymore. I'm going to point you to a one Trish Walker in Jessica Jones. Did you watch Jessica Jones on Netflix? Oh my God, this is where I'm going to get lambas. I didn't watch it. <gasps> what? Okay, first of all, you, you need to drop what you're I know, doing and watch I Kristen know. Ritter. I proudly eat I my love words. Her. Yeah. When Kristen Ritter was announced as, as Jessica Jones, I was like, this is going to tank. And then, well, Are you this serious? is well, this is the early. Did you not watch the, like Netflix. Bitch in Apartment Twenty Three? Of course I did. And if I wanted to see her like changing words with uh, or sparring words with James Vanderbeek, I would say she was perfect. However, I eat my words because that first episode of Jessica Jones was absolutely flawless, flawless. So you know my issue is when movies or shows come out. If I don't watch them kind of right away while they're still like in, in the hype of, of you know, their release, I tend to not go back and watch them. And I don't watch a ton of TV anyways. So then I end I'm up with a massive backlog of things that people say to watch. And then I'm like, oh, well, nobody's watching it anymore talking about it. Um, so it's, it's one of those ones that like it's always there and I just haven't gone around to doing it. It's like Andor that came out this, this year and everybody was saying, oh, such a fantastic Star Wars thing. And I, I never watched it. And now I'm like, oh. God, the, the moment has passed, I feel. Well, allow me to sell you on Hellcat. Okay, that. sell okay. me on Hellcat. I'm going to sell you on Hellcat. One, Hellcat, Patsy Walker, is someone who always dreamt of being a hero, but could never be a hero. And in the original, in her original continuity, which has been since retconned and retconned and retconned, she never realized her potential as a hero. She married her high school sweetheart and I wasn't until she like snuck in to the Avengers space and stole the Hellcat costume did she finally become a hero. But the thing about Patsy Walker that I love is that people have always underestimated her and she's always risen to the top. She has a wonderful mini series that came out during the 50 state initiative post civil war, which she is a hero for Alaska. And it is fucking hysterical 
hysterical. Like it's legit a fun series just to watch. She's currently in the book supposed to be marrying Tony Stark. I don't buy that romance. Really? At all. Yeah, I don't buy it not even a little bit. This because- is going to be before her his marriage to Emma Frost. Right. So how do you land? (laughs) Of course, an X-Men character is going to take, but it's Emma. Do you stand Emma and Tony sidebar? Yes. Yeah. I think they'd make a good couple, actually, because if you look at it, they're actually very similar in personality. And then Emma's going to divorce him. Oh, I and then take off his money. <laughs> well, I don't think Emma would take his money. I feel like Emma would just be like, uh, please, I have more money and this is chump change. Although I don't know how Frost Industries is doing in a post Croco and age. We guess, we guess <laughs> how are the stocks doing? How are the yeah. stocks doing for Frost Industries? <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe the, like the Hellfire Trading Company is doing all right, but I don't know about Frost Industries. So maybe we can't say, speak to that. But here's the thing. After this year's Hellfire Gala, I, I kind of want them to hit pause on the gala, and but I do like the idea of having like really big events so i wouldn't mind them doing like the wedding of emma frost and tony stark and it being like a massive yeah. you know, like event you know and then later on you can do something else but i agree i think they work well together i think they're two powerhouses i'd have to see their chemistry the only the only time i can think of them together is the scene during civil war and also in AVX, where she says something, not for all the caviar in the world, Tony Darling. And I thought that was such a horrible line, so campy and over the top, but it has sat well with some of the You people. hate camp. I feel it's like a recurring theme. You don't do I well do. with like- I don't. I Because I'm a very earnest person. Like, if you tell me something, I'm going to take you at face value. And I had the same problem when I was an editor in, in book publishing. I could not read humor on paper without proper context. Because I think like... I love Cam, and I think that's why Sinister for me is like, he's so much more fun now than he was just as this kind of, you know, dark vampire looking villain. Um, Yeah, I just, I I think, I don't mind lines like that, actually. So Hellcat. Yeah, go back to Hellcat. Hellcat, talking about camp, Hellcat is a very campy character. Her stories tend to be very campy. I'm also going to point you to something called Marvel Divas, which is a phenomenal miniseries. It's four issues, and it's supposed to be the Marvel Universe's answer to Sex and the City. So it's Hellcat in the place of Carrie. Black Cat in the place of Samantha. Samantha, okay. Photon is Miranda. And Firestar is more of a Charlotte character. And it deals with with, with, with Hellcat publishing her book and having a book party and it's hijacked by the Marvel Diva, like the real Marvel Divas, like Sue Storm, Storm herself, Emma Frost, all crashing her book party. And she's they're like, we're fucking D-list here. Why are they at my party? And they like ditch the party and they have their own adventures. I just think she's a character with a lot of heart. So that is that is my plea. And watch her in Jessica Jones because she's a child star a la Lindsay Lohan. And she has some really banger oh, like okay. songs in there. And I think you would like it. I mean, she's sound, you know, I'm gonna admit I don't know a ton about her. Um so yeah, I think you've sold me on on her. So I think you're just at saying home. that to be nice. You're just saying I'm that not, that. I'm not. I wouldn't. Um no. I, I think I think for me, my, my hard path to the being is more she's just like I don't think there's a lot of stuff about her and you need to delve into some more of the niche the niche books for to get visibility of her. So yeah, one to one for me to look into after this podcast. That's fair. All right, bat batter up. All right, batter up. Well, I'm gonna go with somebody a bit more known. So top of my list, uh, we've got two. I got a hero and a villain, but we'll start with the hero, Silver Surfer. Oh, yeah. So Silver Surfer has always been one of my top characters. 
I have his entire run from the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, multiple of some copies because I ended up finishing it by getting them on eBay and buying lots. So there's probably some issues that I've got like three or four of. Um, I just think he's so cool in that, you know, such a tragic backstory. He's so powerful. And yet there's like this very human element to him. There's this very peaceful kind of Zen, you know, um, personality to him. Um, I think the art for the comics in the nineties was really fantastic. And then he had a second and that, well, it would have been his third, I think longer run in the, late noughties i don't know if you mm-hmm. read that and the art was horrible it was very like psychedelic um kind of i want to say like you know you've, you've popped a lot of um mushrooms or something and started drawing uh yeah it was it was a weird uh, art style it was a weird story it wasn't into that but um i just think he's a, a hero that hasn't gotten enough um airtime recently Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And I feel like there was this cultural movement with him during Rise of the Silver Surfer <laughs> um, back in... When, when did that movie come out? Back in like 2004? Oh, 2000... I don't know. I just made that up. I, it, I'm trying to think back to like maybe how old I was when it came out. Yeah, maybe 04, 05, something like that. But listen, the Engelhart OG series or the 87 Engelhart, like I thought was so good. In fact, I was in Palm Springs... I mean, like two years ago, I don't remember. It was it was definitely like the first vacation I'd taken to LA since the pandemic, and we were staying at the at the Ritz Carlton. And we, there's not much to do in Palm Springs except stay out there in like sun. Yeah. I literally grabbed Spider Palm, my robe, and I took the the trade paperback that I bought in LA a couple of days before, and I just sat by the pool in this fucking desert heat reading that '87 series, and it was so good cannot tell you what the fuck happened in it because like which, it's the leader from my mind. Oh, i was gonna say which uh which part of it because there was what i think it was 140 yeah two it, issues or 144 something like that it was um, the epic collection the first the first issue i believe had nova in it if i remember like frankie ray nova not okay not, 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 so yeah not so early nova. on because yeah. i mean there was an art style from like issue one to about 22 yeah and that was my memory um, no, that, that's fair and that was i'm looking at i'm trying my phone's not loading of course but i believe the writer or the artist's name is rogers something it's marshall Wa- rogers here we go finally loaded it's marshall rogers and that is beautiful art like absolutely stunning art but me it's it's the it's when the run hits from i think it's like the mid-20s up until the 90s it was a different artist um and you know the way they drew him was i, I mean that art style really spoke to me i thought it was oh really, it's really ron cool. lim it's ron lim who did the pencils right Hang um on. yeah this one right here yeah yeah it's ron lim it's i just so think good. you know I'd, I'd just love to see him come back into like the actual marvel universe yeah well here's the thing about i'm sorry because my yeah. background's blurry your background's blurry yeah um so here's the thing about like silver surfer i feel like silver surfer and galactus need some more dignity given back to them like galactus is one of those characters that when you hear galactus is coming you shit yourself yeah that's what that's what needs to happen i really love what they did with him in the thor reboot or the revival where thor is a herald of galactus i thought that was a really interesting story i'm not gonna spoil it for anyone like everyone can go and read it but i think galactus and silver surfer have been overused i think we need them to go back to basics if i had to like well, what I would do is, is separate them because, mm-hmm. like you said, I think um, 
A, I'm not a fan of what they've done with Galactus at all in, in recent years. I think, like you said, he should be this, you know, absolute cosmic force that, like you said, you shit your pants if he's coming. And just there's so many stories recently where it's like, oh, in Annihilation, the Annihilation wave captured him and used him as a battery. And then, oh, um, this other cosmic being came and beat him and da da da. And like, they're kind of depowering him um, each time you see him. And I just think the story when you had Silver Surfer kind of away and not his Herald and um, off able to do his own adventures, you just had more creativity to do things with him. So I would advocate for that. Bring back Silver Surfer, put him in the MCU, give him a comic book. Well, I would love Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania to end with somehow Silver Surfer arriving and you know what that means, right? Yeah, something like, and the reason why I'm saying this is is because it's rumored that the Fantastic Four should should be in Quantumanium because we know they're casting for the Fantastic Four right now. We know they're on the horizon. And I just think if you're going to do Galactus, it has to be, we are shitting ourselves. Galactus is coming. Like this world is going to end, no doubt. Just like with the Phoenix, by the way. You know, the Phoenix is one of those characters that's overused with the X-Men. I think the Phoenix should have ended in Dark Phoenix, right, when she commits suicide. I loved it during Second Coming. I think the Phoenix coming back to repower the mutant race is a very interesting story. But now it's just overused to a point where it's nauseating. Galactus, I feel, suffers from similar tropes. But inherently, the weight of the character's presence should not have to suffer for that because Galactus showing up, again, all hands on deck. And I believe it was the Ultimate Universe where they had Galactus come in and... I, I he, remember was a, he was like a collective in the he was like universe. a collective yeah but it was like, like galactus they, like oh yeah words. yeah the way it was spelled yeah with the k and i believe reed richards said something like we have like literally 48 hours until this arrives on earth and, and you felt that yeah you know but oh my god wait i forgot to ask you so silver surfer marvel zombies when they eat him and they take on his power power cosmic Talking about camp, though. And again, I read that so earnestly, but now talking about it with you, I'm like, oh, that was fucking campy as fuck. Yeah. Again, I mean, for the all Marvel zombie ones, you have to kind of then, I mean, suspend disbelief because you go like power level, so for sure just blasted the crap out of all of them and, you know, light speeded away. But hey, it was campy. It was cool. Hopefully we see it in. uh, Are they going to do in the um, what if? Are they doing another zombie episode? I so. I, I've been drinking vodka, shocking to everyone who's listening. I I think they are doing a new episode, but I think it's a spinoff. I think they're doing okay. a proper spinoff for Marvel Zombies, which they had to because the What If episode was bullshit. I'm sorry. It was like PG Zombies. Yeah. And I get why they had to do it. But if you read the original Robert Kirkham Marvel Zombies, it's good. It's fun. It's entertaining. You You take it for what it is. And the one that we got in, in in What If just didn't live up to that. And again, it had uh, nothing to do with anything other than it just wasn't well done. I don't think all, any of What If. I didn't. I think it's probably one of the weakest things Marvel's put out. Um, well, it's forgettable. Yeah. We yeah. we host we we covered we covered What If with Madrox, who does X Factor Files podcast now. And initially, when we were rolling out the episodes, the listenership for it was pretty weak. But over time it has really come to the surface. I mean, a lot of people have been listening to those. So I think what if probably has a good backlog, but I don't think people talk about it as much. Yeah. They need to do uh, more interesting stories with it or adapt the comic book stories, but whatever. 
I think they're probably pigeonholed in using the characters that have showed up in the MCU rather than being able to use like you know all the common characters. But we digress. We Back digress. Back to other characters. Who's who's next on your list? Gwen Stacy. Okay. Why? <laughs> what? Why not? Is what you have to ask yourself. Why not Gwen Stacy? Sure. Okay. I mean, pitch pitch me Gwen Stacy. Um. Peter Parker's greatest love that he Ooh, loves. That is a big. That is a big statement. Oh, I will die on that hill. I I don't. Anyone who knows me knows I will die on this fucking hill. And by the way, a lot of writers would tend to agree with me. One during House of M, what was Peter's wish to to have Gwen alive and them have a son together? I forgot what the kid's name was. I think it was Richie or something like that. Right. Um, Spider Man. Literally, his greatest loss was Gwen Stacy. And it was absolutely heartbreaking for him. It was the end of the golden age of comics, her death, right? We we now understood that the hero could lose, that him going to catch Gwen falling off the bridge didn't necessarily mean he was going to rescue her. And by the way, she he she died at his own hands. But yeah, I love but the- what, what you're pitching me now is how she further Spider-Man's story and not why she's a compelling character. Well, so yes, there is that because the character has largely remained dead. I'm not counting Spider Gwen, obviously, because we can we can bring Spider Gwen, and I do like Spider Gwen, but I don't love her as much as I love the original. But I think the idea was that yeah, she did give rise. It, it's not the most sound narrative out there. I'm going to give you that, but I think the the idea of the character was this. She was very smart. She was equal footing onto Peter. Mary Jane was just this party girl that was in the background. And when Gwen died, it really made MJ become more mature. So her death had a ripple effect in the same way that that Ben, Uncle Ben's death had a ripple effect for the Spider-Man universe and the characters. But I have to tell you, one of the stories that recently sticks out to me that I absolutely love was the Dead No More story, backstory, where we find out that Gwen was actually conscious when she was on the bridge and she found out that Spider-Man was Peter Parker and she felt very betrayed by it. And so she died thinking that, wow, my boyfriend betrayed me. I think that's horrible, every- isn't it? I know. It's tragic. Everything about Gwen Stacy, OG Gwen Stacy, is tragic and and it's tough. But I think she's a character who who had a really who who brought a lot to the Spider-Man books and was cut short. You know, kind of like Jenny Calendar in in Buffy. <laughs> she is the Jenny Calendar of the, of the or of, of the Marvel universe. And what did you think of her in the um, Amazing Spider-Man movies? Oh, loved it. And again, eating my words, I was like, why did they cast that girl from Easy A as Gwen Stacy? She should have been Mary Jane. She would have been a perfect Mary Jane. Like literally, 2013 Paul with his adult braces was like. <laughs> Like literally having a shit fit that Emma Stone was was Gwen Stacy, and again eating my words, she was. Yeah, one. it was really. The, yeah. the movies were garbage in terms of writing, but the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and Emma Stone's delivery on the character, perfect, absolutely yeah, perfect. Agreed. No, no qualms with that. But yeah, so well, you know what? I don't disagree with anything you said. I think you. Um, as a character, she did. Uh, she was the catalyst for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. In- but you and I'm not going to do is buy Gwen Stacy miniseries. Well, she had a miniseries that now I know you didn't buy. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, there's not inherently there is a problem with Gwen. I think the only time that Gwen actually had a very beautiful moment that was after her death was 
was what what I just talked about with the Dead No More, but also the Marvels had a sort of mini mini story for her where the journalist who I'm totally forgetting the journalist's name in the Marvels, but he was walking with Gwen and snow had fallen because there was like a, a fight or something. And she's like, look at it. And she goes in front and like the snow's falling on her. And the journalist writes, now I know why the Marvels existed. They, they existed in order to help people like Gwen. And then the next line is, I can still remember hearing her neck snap off of the Brooklyn Bridge echoing. And he goes, that's the day I lost faith that the Marvels would save her because how could they not have saved her? And they didn't save her. Beautiful. I mean, her death just had so much weight. And Emma, your favorite character, during House of M, when she awakens Peter, Layla Miller is like, oh, my God, why did he react like that? And Someone says that's Gwen Stacy. She died years ago. And Emma and Layla Miller are shocked by that. And they realize why Peter had created that reality. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. Oh, should we move on? Then let's move on. Let's move move on. on to somebody Give me yours. Less Give me sad. yours. All right. Next top of the list. It was, oh, you know, equal to Silver Surfer, but I went hero before villain. Dr. Doom. Come on. Everybody yes. out there. Dr. Doom should be at the top of everybody's list. Okay. I, I, mean, I, I know so much more about Dr. Doom, but I need to know Julian McMahon. As as two. Um do you know what I okay? No, no one yes. I think he like he looks the part. I think it was shitty that they changed so much about his origin. So I don't think I don't think the issue is Jul- Julian McMahon himself. I think it's the kind of script and portrayal they told him to do of who this Dr. Doom was, right? Um and then even worse. I mean, I don't even want to talk about the next Fantastic Four, what they did with him. Um, so please, please, Marvel people, if you guys are listening, just make him the comic book Doctor Doom when he shows up in the MCU. I don't want like some bizarre, oh, he's got electromagnetic powers and his armor is his skin. And no, no, make him a scientist wizard from Latveria, you know, um, Romany background. Um, all that you know, all the stuff that's in the comic books. God, I hope they don't fuck him up. I so the only thing I can say about Julian McMahon's Doctor Doom was I was at Jim Hanley's comic book store when the Fantastic Four were doing press, and so the four were there plus Doctor Doom. So excited to see Chris Evans. Everyone went crazy for for Jessica Alba. I should have been crazy for Julian McMahon because up until that point, I was in love with him from Charmed, from Charmed but also Nip, Nip Tuck. Tuck. He was big in Nip Tuck, and that was what kind of put Ryan Murphy on the map as well. But I remember waiting in line outside of the, the comic book store, and it's like a window, like a window front, and I'm looking, I'm standing right behind Julian McMahon. I'm like, that guy has a bald spot, like right there, and it was so pronounced. And I remember thinking, like, why does he cover it up? And then when I went inside, he like got up and like left. And I was like, fuck you, Julian McMahon, like for not waiting for your stance here. Chris Evans did. But I the thing about Dr. Doom that I love is that he has a lot of ties to other people yeah. in, the, in the Marvel Universe. And I'm curious, what are your sort of favorite Dr. Doom stories? Anything with Namor. No, of course, of course. The best bromance <laughs> in all of uh in all of Marvel. Um, you know, I love, I love Dark Rain when he was in uh, that. Oh, actually, yeah. like, I mean, that's not only just Dark Doom. I just love the whole concept that the villains took over and they had this kind of like secret cabal. Um, I just love the idea too that like 
he's such a complicated villain in the sense that, you know, there's so many stories that go, oh, actually, if Doom won, the mm-hmm. world would be at, like, at such a better place. You know, he fixes, he fixes world hunger, he fixes disease, he does all these things. Just the way he goes about doing it is probably, you know, morally questionable, right? Um, and and ultimately, like, there's so many times where he has stepped into the role of being a hero, um, and he kind of, like, skirts that line. I mean, from a power set, he's, you know, obviously he's probably a little overpowered, to be honest, but, like, really cool that he's, you know, could step in to be the next Sorcerer Supreme. He's got armor on, you know, kind of the same level as Iron Man. Um and yeah, and he can just kind of step into, you know, he can, if there's a galactic level threat, he can step in as a hero. He could sometimes be the villain for galactic level threat. Um, he's just so versatile. Um, and I think it's cool that he's a villain that has, um, you know, a, a code of honor and um, isn't just, yeah, some shitty villain that's doing shitty things for the sake of being shitty. You know what I mean? So I think during Children's Crusade, he brought so much to that story that I'm worried that since they're adapting it in the MCU for Agatha House of Harkness or Coven of Chaos, whatever the fuck they're calling that show, you need Dr. Doom in that because obviously that's where Wanda was at at following the events of House of M. She kind of went to Latveria and she was a prisoner of doom to quote, to quote the issue. So I think he 100% made children's crusade. I think there was a, maybe he'll show up. Maybe that'll be the big twist, right? I listen. Did you watch one? Hopeful. Did you watch one? Yes, I watched one vision. I hate it when they're like, "Oh yeah, our astrophysicist is coming," and it turned out to be absolutely no one. So I have no no hope that they will introduce a character as big. Oh, they introduced King. So okay, fine, fair, fair. How about this, Latvian lad? Fair, but I I love him in the Hickman Secret Wars where he becomes God, Doom God. Oh my God, give us. I I don't think they're going to give us that. I mean, it's. No, I mean it's it's it would be too. Well, they'll Russian probably go story. back to like the original Secret War. That's probably or do you think they're gonna? Well, no, because this is like they've set up the multiverse, so they're probably gonna do more of the amalgamation. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be an amalgamation yeah. of all the different universes. But, but that it's doesn't not gonna, mean, yeah, it's not gonna be Doom as God. It's yeah. not gonna be a story. They'll probably go like they'll probably bring in the Beyonder. Yeah, or is it? Or is Kane still? Is he put up to be the big villain for it? I think so. So, so Kang Kang is going to be the big villain. I think that's one because Kang Dynasty is going to be first, and then Secret War. So, it would be weird if they don't make him, you know, the the main villain. But I think so. The original Secret or not the original? Excuse me. The the Hickman Secret Wars was really interesting because it was this idea that God was not absent from the universe. God was present, and Doom is yeah. So. Just having that mentality there. I mean, it's it's a story you don't just do. It's a story you have to earn, right? You know, it's like Dark Phoenix. Why did why did the last two Dark Phoenix movies? Well, Last Stand was garbage, but it was earned. But the Sophie Turner Dark Phoenix didn't do well because they just jumped into it because you think yeah. you just do Dark Phoenix. No, you have to build that emotional rapport with the audience, right? So I think with Doom, you have to sort of put him in that position. Maybe that's something that'll happen 20 years from now. But the Hickman Can Secret Wars is great. Huh? In the Secret Wars, once again, Doom saves everybody. Yeah. Questionable. They take small kill man as a battery. Not the best way to do it. But if it wasn't for Doom, everybody would have been fucked. So, you know. I agree. This is, this is why he is single-handedly one of the greatest characters in the MCU. And did you know? Small fact that um, Darth Vader's look is based off of Doctor Doom. I did not know that. That's a yeah. really interesting fun trivia fact. Yeah, inspired yeah. by Doctor Doom's look. 
So do you know, also there was this, speaking of fun facts for Dr. Doom, I think there was a moment in the 90s where where Valeria Doom was uh, was supposed to be the daughter of Sue and and and, and Doctor Doom. Really? Yeah. I I mean, listen, it's, it's since been answered. You know, I don't think there's any any any, or she was the adopted daughter or something like that. They kept. Oh it yeah, KG but she, for she, like a minute he's there. always been like um, kind of like a like a godfather to them, right? Yeah. Um, which yeah. is funny because when you think about like how many times he's tried to kill them. And like they kind of just they're like, oh, that's cool that you know he's helping raise them every now did, and then. Did you ever watch Earth's Mightiest Heroes with uh, you know the Avengers that cartoon that came out like years ago? Some of them. There is a there's a Doctor Doom episode where he kidnaps Sue, and everyone's like, "Ooh, why is he kidnapping Sue?" And like they get so angry at him. And at the end of the episode, there's a hologram of Sue, and it blinks, and she's actually a scroll. Like it was so well done. Like it, they flipped the, the narrative, they, thinking of Doom as a really smart, fun character. Everyone thought he was just kidnapping Sue because he was in love with her. All the stuff, blah blah blah. And no, actually, it turned out he suspected and was right that she was a scroll, and the secret invasion had begun. And which is why, Innocence of the Sinister, there's no way that Namor could have gotten him. <laughs> exactly. Doom is one of those characters that needs to be ahead of the conversation. And every miniseries that he's been in has been a banger. I oh, say. Yeah. 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 I can't think of one miniseries, or I can't really think of that many like Doom stories that I just don't like. So I'm 100% on board with you. 100% on board. All right. Number three on your list. We'll wrap it far through the next one, I feel, because. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know we're talking so much. Yeah. How long have we been recording at this point? <laughs> I don't know. What did we start? We got on, we got on together, started chatting at 1130. So. Okay, so we're about an hour. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, you know what? I'm gonna give She-Hulk. I love She-Hulk. And it's because I'm gonna think of two things with She-Hulk. One, I'm gonna think of the action figure, the Toy Biz action figure from the 90s, and um the John Byrne. Well, okay, so three things. The John Byrne uh run, which I absolutely loved, love, love, love. But my love for She-Hulk started in like 1994 when all I did was get a trading card of her. And I think it was a Marvel Masterpieces, Marvel Masterworks. I'm forgetting yep. what they were called, but um, I'm pretty sure it's Masterpieces. But Oh, wait, hold on. I've got the binder right here. Oh, you have the binder. She, give us the, the binder. binder. Give hold us, on. Give us your binder. Let's see if yeah. I can find her. I'm going to find the card. Keep talking. So it's, a, it's the one where she's like holding both like the weights, the dumbbells, and she's flexing and like the, the, the guys in the back aren't. And I was like, who is this person? And I just loved like the sunny sky, the beach setting, everything. And I had no idea who, no, no, who Jennifer Walters one. was. So, and then I, I read bits and pieces of the John Byrne run, which was really fun. And I have since tried to reread. It is garbage. It does not make any sense. Like it is, it, listen, it's fun. Take off your brain. Maybe you can find some like fun in it, but it is, is one it, of, is it yeah. this one? Hold let on. See, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. <sighs> no, it's not that one. Not, it's not, not. One. It's, not oh. it's not. Let me see if I can find it online here. Yeah, here it is. It's 1994 Marvel masterpieces. I'm going to send it to you. It's an eBay link, but I just thought like she was so cool. She was so amazing. And and I really liked it. And fun fact, I believe Eliza Dunsku voiced her in one of the Hulk animated series. She Hulk. Oh, amazing card. No, I don't have this one. Yeah. Um, as people know, yeah, she she voiced Eliza Dunsku, aka Faith from Buffy, voiced her in Hulk and the Agents of Smash. 
which was how do you pronounce her name? I thought it was Eliza Dushku. Oh, I'm probably saying, dude, I've had oh. like two vodkas, so I'm probably saying it wrong. Yeah, Eliza Dushku. <laughs> Did I say Dunsku? I always say it, whatever. Anyways, um, I did not like the. I didn't like the. I didn't like the. Disney I know series. we I'm had sorry. this discussion. No, so sorry. sorry. I, as a lover of camp, I I love the She-Hulk TV show. Um, I think if you take okay, so I think you can't um, you can't watch it in the same way that you watch some of the I guess the movies, the TV show in, in a serious way, and that it connects fantastically to the MCU. Like you almost need to accept it for its silliness, the fact that it breaks the fourth wall, you know, the fact that the finale does what it does, you know, I won't get into it for anybody who hasn't watched it, but like, I just thought it was really clever and really funny. Um, and you know what? I looked forward to every episode. I think funny, different meta-ness, I'm 100% on board. As someone who studied metatextuality at Florida State University in the year 2005, I can tell you, I don't think it was well done, meta-ness. I, I listen. I don't think it's not a, a jab at Tatiana. I thought she was a fantastic She-Hulk. I want to see her with the Avengers. It just didn't land to, on me. But in fairness, the only counter argument in favor of She-Hulk that I can give the John Byrne run is not very good. So that's fine. You know what I mean? Like I can't say, oh, I don't like it because it's not very good. Well, you know, again, John Byrne. But I think I was expecting more of a Charles Soule you know, ish legal drama. And I had this problem with Flink. We were talking about it. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. He would sign a waiver to go into a magic show. Yeah, again, A wizard did it. A wizard did it. Fine. But how about this? I, I believe the MCU has been more capable of just saying than the wizard did it. And that's that's my problem wrapping my head around Shiok. I don't think the approach is bad, but I think the writing for the approach was bad. Okay. I mean, I don't look at it, I think, in the show like it is, especially the way they did it. You can't look with too much of a critical, That's you fair. know, That's let me fair. look at every detail. Does it make sense? Like, the whole the whole story doesn't make sense. The whole finale doesn't make any sense. But if you just watch it for the entertainment value, I, you know, I thought she did a really good job as a character. I thought she was a really charismatic, um, you know, personality in, in the show. I think um, Madison was hilarious. Oh, okay. No, uh, listen. Uh, 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 Pat Guggenheim, I believe that's her name. Patricia Guggenheim. Answer my fucking DMs and email. You are welcome on this fucking podcast. Why haven't you answered me? I was literally reached out because we need Madison with what was it? Two Y's, but not two N's and one Y, but not where you think it is. is. And then when she's like, it was scary. And then it was spooky. And then it was like scary, but in a good way. Like, the, I don't know, like really good entertainment value. And I like that Daredevil showed up in it. Like, that oh, was cool. Daredevil, um, Charlie Cox doing the Walk of Shame is yeah. one of the hottest scenes in the Marvel Universe, or MCU, excuse me. I 100% agree. 100% agree. And I, I thought I, I thought Madison was great. I thought Wong was great. I thought Daredevil was great. I thought, obviously, Tatiana did a great job with Jennifer Walter. And by the way, I, I, again, I'm eating my words because I said that scene with her and the bridesmaids, that would never happen in real life. Like, she's a celebrity and they're just going to give her all, they're going to mistreat her like that? Like, no. I literally went to a wedding 
a couple months ago and literally all the girls gave me their champagne so they could smoke and like get high and i had to be the idiot putting the champagne away and taking photos of them so in that regard i will say very and you're a celebrity see so i wouldn't say i'm a celebrity but i definitely like i have a cooler existence than some of the other basic ass bitches that that did that to me but you know i definitely like i i felt like it hit a couple like some of the right notes how about that yeah I don't think, I think it's. I, I think I need to go rewatch it. I think you just need to watch it where you go. This isn't a Marvel show that connects to everything else, and I'm looking at the seriousness of it. And how does it further the whole MCU? Like you just have to watch in isolation and be like, it's slapsticky. It's you know silly, um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So, All right, who's your um, next character? Who's your next character? So the next one is it a bit? So we're going back a little X Men. It's X Men adjacent. Um, okay. Namor. Oh, is another one um just like silver surfer i have his entire run of his second series so the series from the 90s well his uh, john byrne run is really good his john byrne run is actually very well done i love that one i, I read it reading that series what is what convinced me to move to florida because i wanted to just be surrounded <laughs> by water and light um and I shout out think- to namor cosplay who who told me i needed to read that um yeah i think a bit like Doom, like he's kind of like the 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 flip side of Doom, where Doom is, let's say, like the more villainy side, but then bleeds into being a hero sometimes and can help out Namor as like the hero, but can bleed into being the villain. Um, I think, you know, for me, he's like the same way that Wolverine's kind of like that badass that has an attitude. I feel like Namor's the same thing, but like he doesn't get as much credit for being as cool as everybody thinks Wolverine is. Um I think aesthetically, he's got like a really cool look to him. All his outfits are really fun. Um, yeah, and he's just, he always adds drama to everything he does, right? He's sassy. He puts down the other heroes. He's got an attitude. Um, just, yeah, he's great. What did you think of Tanakh Huerta as Namor? So I think, okay, I've got mixed feelings. I think he did a great job. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not always a huge fan of when they changed the, um, kind of the history of the character like I was ranting about what they did with Doom I think this was better because also you've got like you know I think a lot of people said you've got Atlantis in the uh the DC universe they didn't want to make it the same you know it speaks to um you know more diversity in the MCU which is great I think he did a great job the one thing I have to say is I hated hated the costume (gasps) I think the costume looked like bad cosplay like bad cosplay um I think they should have either gone all in. Okay, if it was me, um, I would have gone all in and given him the green Speedo at the front with like metallic like fish scales or something that looked a little more, I don't know, production budget than the really horrible like shorts that he had on. Um, and then obviously if they don't want him in kind of that that more skimpier outfit for the whole movie, you you kind of do like the nod to his classic green speedo look right at the beginning, and then you put him into like the black bodysuit or something else. But oh, everything was wrong with that outfit. It was it was so bad. I don't know. So first of all, I one word to describe him, WAP. I mean, I was in love with him the second I saw him and, and stuff like that. I'm not going to like sit here and be like, oh, I didn't notice that like the shorts were kind of, you know, the speedo was kind of like off. It, it definitely, there was something around the waist that I was just like, you should either go in on it or do something else. I, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad I, they did not do something else. But yeah, it, it did need some fine tuning. 
yeah, I mean, much like you, I think if I had to nitpick something, it would just be the actual costume. But I thought he did a wonderful job. Oh, yeah, job. he did a fantastic job. Um, the only thing I would say is like, because he's one of my favorite characters, I would have loved, and maybe they will, and maybe it's like a longer term build that they've, they're you know, going to use him for several movies or several things. It still felt at the end that he hadn't really made the journey to being more of a hero that you could see him carrying his own movie. Like he kind of ended still on a bit of a dark note. Um, well, so maybe that's just me being impatient because I want to see him get his own movie. Uh, but I mean, I think he did a great job. So yeah, happy with that. Well, uh, I'll have to tell you, I mean, the fact that he killed Queen Ramonda, right? I, I, that makes him yeah. a bit irredeemable. I'm you kill Andrew Bassett, you're like, yeah. I, you know, this is something, I, I, I'm, I am really shocked that a lot of general audience members can accept that and not get too anger, angry or riled up about it. But to me, that's like, it makes a character very irredeemable. Because again, like you just said, it's Angela Bassett, but also it's not like he accidentally killed her and was remorseful of it he literally looks at shuri and he's here like you're queen now yeah so that's tough i mean that is a really well, tough place yeah. to put a character i mean again a character like namor if this was a character like galactus or something like that you know or, or one of the default like scorpion you know like spider-man villains or carnage you're like whatever this person is just pure evil but like someone like angela bassett when it's already a story of dealing with grief and and them coming to terms with chadwick boseman's you know t'challa's death it it is ruthless what he did to shuri and i don't know if as an audience member i could forget that i i know namor in the comics is an anti-hero and the trick to writing a good namor is that he has a heart of gold I feel well, like that's that, the thing. That, that was yeah. kind of like mystery. Just like Emma. Everyone, yeah. I'm always baffled that people think Emma is just a cold-hearted bitch. Emma is not a cold-hearted bitch. Emma has heart. You know, that's what makes her such a good character. That's why she's so witty. That's why she cares so much about mutants or why she's so gray is because she cares about mutants in a way that other people don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think you touched nail on the head. Like, And that's what I was going kind of with my point at the end of the movie is like, He's quite dark, and it's very difficult to come back from, you know, killing the queen, ending where he ended up. Um, because Namor is always a bit dark. He is a confrontational to other heroes. But it was, like you said, he at the end of the day, he's got a heart of gold, and he is a hero, that, you know, right. in, the, in the comics. Um, I don't know if they quite got there. I mean, I, I love the movie. I love the performance. One, probably, you know, the best Marvel movie that's come out in a long time. Yeah. Um, so I'm 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 excited to see where they bring him. It probably didn't get to him being a hero as fast as I would have liked because I would like to see him kind of carry his own movie. Um, but yeah, we shall see. Yeah, I mean they did the same to Wanda in Multiverse of Madness. They just made her a straight up villain. And I think the difference is someone like Winter Soldier, he had the programming and it's already baked into the narrative. Yeah. Wanda, you can argue that she had the dark hold corruption but again if she was trying to unleash hell on earth i'd be like fair point but she was trying to her her motives were very human and with namor again there's no there is no evidence that there's an outside force you know controlling him when yeah. he was doing that but it's fine listen namor in the comic books i love him on the extinction team talking about that utopian era i love him with emma i mean talk yeah. about your favorite character him and emma oh yeah my God. i want the emma I, I want the emma namor wedding 
You know what I mean? Like actually, that, that's that's what I stand way more than her and Tony. Right. I think her and Tony would just be an event. You know, to be very clear, I just want that the spectacle of an event. But I think Emma and Namor are are fantastic. Namor is one of those characters that, for me, just brighten up every panel he's on. Agreed. Well, I mean, that's why he's at the top of my list, one of the top. So. <laughs> All right, let me lightning round some of these characters All right. so we can t- chat well, let's, about it. Shall we lightning round one back, one back? One back, one back. Okay. Yeah. All right. So is it? it's my turn because you just talked yeah. about Neymar. All right, Photon. Pass. Like, R- again. Monica what? Rambeau? What? What? I mean, I think, I think she's cooler in the MCU movies than maybe in the comics. Okay. Okay, uh, listen, I, again, she was in Marvel Diva, so I'm going to love her for that. She led the Avengers. She was also in Agents of Hate, which I love next wave. She was hysterical. What's that? I've never okay. read that one. Okay, sidebar, we're, we're doing that. Okay. okay. You, and, me, you and me are reading Agents of Hate next, See, this, next this wave. This is going to happen, guys at home. He's going to give me a reading list. We're going to re-record this episode, and you're going to see my opinions are going to completely be changed. She was so funny in it. Okay, all right. Go, uh, give me one. Venom. Oh, yeah. Eddie Brock Venom. Eddie Brock Venom, absolutely, 100%. And I'm really excited that I think for the PS4, Spider-Man, PS5, Spider-Man sequel, he's going to be the main villain for it. Topher Grace with Venom. <laughs> you know what? I had a sex dream with Topher Grace that I still remember like 20 years later. So you know what? I have a soft spot for him, even though it was terrible. <laughs> a soft spot for him. Soft spot. I don't know why I had a sex dream back in like 2000. No, you missed you missed the joke there. Basically. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Yes, I did. Thank you. Thank you for explaining it to me. This is why we need you here all the time. <laughs> what, 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 what do you think of Venom? Loved him. Again, another one. He had a whole bunch of miniseries in the 90s. Got a lot of those. I think I, you see a pattern. I love these anti-heroes, these kind of villains that kind of bleed into the hero role. Um, yeah, really cool. Yeah, what I do you think they... of T- Tom Hardy as Venom? it's all right i don't think the movies are very good um i i I think it's a pass i think you know it's a boot on tom hardy's venom i don't think anybody's done him well yet i don't think so either i mean venom for me is always gonna represent like the 90s you know what i mean yeah and i know if i remember correctly he's a character that came out during the he was created during the 80s um after secret wars because of the um what was going on yeah. at yeah, the, the symbiote and stuff like that. But I just, I really enjoy the character. He's one of those characters that for me, is always going to be like a very like punk metal, like very emblematic of a certain era of comics that we just don't have anymore. And like the salivating tongue and everything. So I'm always going to love Venom. Always. Always. Jessica Jones. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. Even though I, I haven't seen the, the show, but yeah, in the comics. The- Brian Michael Bendis, OG run, alias, amazing. And our God Queen Jean Grey comes in and helps in the end. And I love that 100%. And I think, you know, there's supposed to be some more stuff for her on the horizon. I think that was also, you know, speaking of the wedding of Tony Stark and Emma Frost, I think what happens to Luke Cage and Jessica Jones's second child. So let's see where that goes. Something to stay tuned for. All right. Adam Warlock. Oh, love him. Absolutely. You? I'm excited to see the. The movie version. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are shitting on him for that, but I'm just like, come on. Like, he looks great. And and what what was his series, too? Here's the thing. I'd love... Again, Infinity it's, it's, Watch. 
Infinity Watch. Like, so I'm always going to love it. I'm always going to love yeah. it. You're not going to tell me not to love it. And he was in the Fantastic Four cartoon, if I remember car- correctly. Or he was in a cartoon. Maybe it was a Silver Surfer cartoon. Uh, was he in a Silver Surfer cartoon? The one faded uh, season that didn't go on. Um, yeah, so he was Adam Warlock appears in the Silver Surfer episode, The Forever War. There we go. I think and, he looks great in the movie. I don't know why people are people shitting on him. Yeah, people are shitting on him. People don't like him. The actor or the character? The, the like how he looks. Oh, like I he, think he looks awesome. I know. I, what's his name? He's that guy from. Yeah, the guy. You know, Adam from, from Warlock, those movies. Actor. The one he, that looked kind of like funny as a teenager, and now he's like had a glow yeah. up. Will Poulter. Yeah, Will Poulter. He looks With, fantastic. Yeah. He was he was he was like the character model for whatever Star Wars video game I played. And he was in Bandersnatch. I'm just looking at his IMDb now. <laughs> he was in Narnia as well. Good for him. But I felt like he had like a star role in something. That Wasn't really he in uh, Maze Runner? He was in Maze Runner. I thought he was on something else, man. But yeah, I guess Maze Runner was was it. And he wasn't even the star of that, but yeah. he was in Where the Millers. And uh, that's it. That's the only thing I'm seeing right now from like going really quick. I thought he was in like something like some kind of like Showtime series with like Mary Louise Parker, <laughs> not weeds, but something like that. Okay. All right. All right. So we're in agreement. We love, we love Adam Warlock. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Moon Knight. Mm, pass. Okay. I don't yeah. find he's interesting at all. I thought the show was really boring. I think. Yeah, I just don't see what's interesting about this character at all. Everyone was like so excited for him when he when the movie or the movie, the television show was going on. I've read a couple of things with Moon Knight. I I think that Jed McCain, we interviewed him over at Masters of Comic Books, is writing a phenomenal series, but everyone has forgotten about the character. Like no yeah. one is talking about about Moon Knight. So I'm gonna give it yeah. a pass as well. Yeah, pass. pass. All right, I'm gonna give him Nightmare. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, originally he was he was rumored to be the villain of Doctor Strange. Yeah. I wonder what the fuck happened there. Yeah. I was so disappointed that he was not in it. Um he's just one of those characters, and you'll see the next character on my list very similar. Again, just a campy villain with like great aesthetic. Um he looks like what he is, like that kind of green, kind of um I'm gonna call it goblin-esque looking thing. I just love him and I think he's underused in the comics. Well, he doesn't have much of a presence in the comics. I know he's like gone up against like Dazzler, speaking of Dazzler, <laughs> and some like other like heroes. I've been sent that panel quite a bit. And I think he had like something going on during the Ultimate Universe. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know a shit ton about Nightmare. I mean, I know the character. I've heard about him. I've I've checked in on him here and there. But I don't know enough about the character to like render that strong of an opinion. But I do like him and I want to see more of him. Yeah. Cool. Next to us. Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, like him. Yeah, yeah. Love him. I think he's he's. Um, will he ever carry his own series? Probably not. But he's a great spice to add into other series. When they were doing like the Marvel Infinite comics back in like the mid aughts, he had his own like origin story, and I thought it was very lovely. And I was reading the Bendis relaunch of Guardians of the Galaxy when the first Guardians came out, and it dealt a lot with like that all new, all different era where the O five X Men kind of came to the to the present. I loved him in that. And, and, you know, and he was on the team when Angela came on. So yeah, I have nothing but like really great, great things to say about rocket. And he reminds me of my, 
of my palm victorious. Aww. So yeah, RIP. Okay. Right. Go Mephisto. Yours. All right, let's do three more. Let's do okay, three more. Three more. Mephisto. Three more. Oh, Mephisto, yeah. Do you know do you know who he's rumored who's rumored to play him in the MCU? Is it Sasha Baron Cohen? Yeah, Sasha Baron yeah. Cohen. I'm kind of Which excited think, for that. Yeah, I think so. I don't because, hate it. No, I don't actually. Um, because again, he's so campy. He is what Mr. Sinister is now, but he's kind of always been that way. Yeah. Um, well, no, he hasn't. Actually, I think when he came out, he was a bit kind of one-dimensional, yeah. you know, devil-esque. Um, but he's obviously become a lot more campy uh, and funny. So I love him. I love everything he's in. There's a miniseries of him actually from yeah. the early no- 90s where he like he starts trading up from like he. There's one where he's got the X Men, the Avengers, yeah. the Fantastic Four. He's like, Four. Um, I was literally about to say that exactly that. Yeah. Really, really cool miniseries. It, so that series, obviously, his history with Wanda. I love that we had Mephisto fever during the pandemic. Everyone, even my dad who casually watches the mcu stuff is like do you so do you think mephisto is going to show up in wandavision i'm like how do you even know who mephisto is but you know he was in he was one of the bad guys in marvel ultimate alliance and he poses a choice for the players either you pick nightcrawler to die or you pick gene to die and based off of who you choose impacts your your ending um i haven't played that game yeah, so if you pick Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler dies, Mystique will come into the mansion and murder Xavier in the end. But if you pick Jean to die, Dark Phoenix will come back from the void and bring her chaos cool. to Earth. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But he's always got he's always got fun stories. He's always um adding an element of like mischief and stuff into it. So all right. Carnage. Carnage. Love him. Maximum yeah. Carnage, one of the greatest crossovers. And miniseries. I'm so glad you said that. I haven't read it in a couple of years, but I read it a couple summers ago because I wanted to read a Summer of Sam style like comic for for 2017. I believe that was the year I read it. I, re- I reread it. It was so good. I loved it. Everything about it, I thought it was fun. It did not apologize. You had Shriek. You had the New Warriors. You had yeah. Venom. Literally and such a fun crossover to read. Anybody of a certain age. Do you remember that the Super Nintendo game, Maximum Carnage, had a red cartridge? How badass was that? And I was obsessed with calling Firestar. But do you also remember the ad for that where it was like New York City, chaos, weeping on the streets or whatever. And they were like, and that was before Maximum Carnage. And literally like Carnage was like circling like the city. Terrifying. When did Maximum uh, Carnage, the video game, come out? I think that was like 93. Yeah, I'm going to say it was 93 as well. Maximum Carnage video game. Yeah, I had to have been 93. And you could play as Venom. 94. 94, Ni- 94. Which for me, as a big Venom stan, um, was super exciting. So. It was literally scary. It was one of those things where it was like absolutely terrifying like right. to read as a kid. Like it really, it just shaped you. All right, well, go. Last, last one on my list. Yeah. My boy Bullseye. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have too much of an opinion on Bullseye other than obviously he was Hawkeye during Dark Reign. And I liked Colin Farrell in that movie, oh, in the original no. Daredevil movie. Yes, I'm sorry. I really hope. Um, actually, do you think they're going to like the, the whole Daredevil stuff if they bring him back? And we'll see, we'll see where they get to. Um, I'd just like to see him in the MCU in a TV show, in a movie, probably a TV show, let's be honest with like the classic costume or like some variation on it. Um, 
Yeah, I think he's great. And I think he needs to show up more in the comics. I loved him in Dark Reign um, and the Dark Avengers. Yeah, uh, I really, I forgot that he was in the Netflix series. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Completely forgetting that he had a whole subplot there in the third season of Daredevil. Because I was like, wait a minute, is he in the MCU? I was like, I sort of yeah. seem to remember that. I, I render no real big opinion on Bullseye. There, there is a bandwidth of characters I can care about, but I think you would cosplay as a fantastic Bullseye. Well, I am cosplaying as Bullseye for New York Comic Con this year. So, oh well, I'm going to pretend like I didn't know that. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Maybe you'll DM me when you land in the city and watch. Yeah, or maybe yeah, maybe we'll be hanging out together when I'm there. So. Oh, oh mm. man, I want to ask two really. Big ones. Okay, ask okay. two big ones. I'll, I'll give you a rapid fire answer. Okay, in humans, in general as a group. Yeah, cool. They're, oh, they're... What, did you want me to be. You have to hate or... the inhumans. You have to hate the inhumans. Okay, I was about to say they're cool, but if you go, like, you've got Avengers, X Men, yeah. they're definitely like the bottom of the barrel. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I mean, they've got some cool characters. I've I always. Mean, I've always loved the Inhumans until Marvel tried to put them as a replacement for the X-Men. It oh, caused yeah, bad but... blood, caused bad blood that you just can't get over. They're like, they're all right. I, I don't hate them. They're a really soft, um, a soft pass. How's that? I, wish... I love the dog. Gr- is oh, it, yeah. Grim- is it Grim- Grimlock? Is that his name? No, no, it's oh my god! Why are you throwing me off here? Uh, ah, Lockjaw, Lockjaw, Lock Grim, Grimlock's a Lock transformer. Jaw. I know Lock you're jaw. like I'm like wait, 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 wait! I'm malfunctioning um, here. You know, Lockjaw's fantastic. Yeah, yeah Lockjaw's um, adorable. Who doesn't love Lockjaw? Yeah, and I love Crystal. I played with her in Ultimate Alliance three. I love Medusa. I remember her Toy Biz action figure. I love Black Bolt. It was my favorite part of that failed series. You know, I I, I have no inherent bad blood other than. Marvel, here's the thing, and I can never express unless you were sort of participating in the Marvel community in the level that most folks are now, a lot of editorial was mean to 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 X-Men stands during this time. And they would troll people on their form spring, fucking form spring, if anyone remembers that, and their Tumblr. And they would make you feel bad. And the Inhumans were taking center stage and the X-Men were being forgotten about. Yeah, well, look where, that got, look where that got them, Exactly. Right? So, you know. All right, okay. you had one more you said. And I actually think you would be a great cosplay with this. Ben Riley, The clown. The, cl- <laughs> the clown. Wow. Um, How do you uh, really feel? How do you no, really feel? Yeah, yeah. Like... Uh, he goes back to the 90s like it's such a 90s character um i think it's cool that he's a bit darker now and in like again leaning more on the villain thing um but a bit like soft i'm gonna say i'm not a huge other than venom i'm not a Mm -hmm. huge spider-man fan. like it's never if you think of like the big pillars of like the marvel universe it's i've never followed a spider-man book um so uh so i guess i have like soft feelings my my brother was very into him um had all his stuff from the 90s yeah um so he's all i think he's got a really cool look to him too but he's blonde isn't he he's blonde i so he's i would i don't think i do a good cosplay i'm I'm quite dark haired right i mean kind of like a sandy my dad used to tell me i was a coffee blonde and i thought that was the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard of my entire life (laughs) it's called a brunette it's called a brunette, but I will say to you, I think you're a coffee blonde. <laughs> there was a coffee blonde 
in existence, it would you would be I'll get I'll get like a really bad blonde wig and I'll do him and then I'll do cannonball with the same wig. Oh my god. I bought a really cheap ass wig to do Christian Frost. So I I I had my hair bleached a couple of years ago or two years ago. And I did a Christian Frost cosplay and I wanted to do it again. And I bought a cheap wig off of Amazon and it, I looked like my abuela. That's how <laughs> I did. Like literally it was the worst thing ever. But Sean, I'm so happy you were here. It's been fun. So where can folks hit you up? Or what kind of cons are you coming to? You know, what, are, what what's on the horizon for you? What's on the horizon? Okay, well, uh, follow my social. It's that Virian underscore lad on Instagram is pretty much um, the only social I use these days. Uh, cons. I've got London Comic Con in May, so it's a bit of a ways away. Um, still deciding what I'm going to do for that one. Obviously, I'm going to fly over for New York uh, whenever that is in October. Um, and yeah, we'll see what else. We'll have we'll have a conversation. We'll see what one you're going to and see where what what's realistic for me to fly across the pond and uh, I know. maybe pop in at. I feel so like literally. I've been telling people I'm going to WonderCon, and now I just got to hold for that weekend. For oh, no. for a gig, I, I I unless I block it out, and then I forgot someone else like was like, oh, let's do a weekend together. I'm like, that's great, book your tickets, let's do a weekend. And now I have to fly out like <laughs> to 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 go back to New York to do a gig. So it's tough. I I really do try to like put the cons on my list, but I I definitely do New York Comic Con. I haven't missed New York Comic Con since like 2006. So we're for sure doing New York Comic Con. Yeah. I want to do San Diego WonderCon. I'm hoping maybe. I'm hoping I can work it out where I can fly in and fly out. I, it's going to suck, no doubt. But if I can, if I if I can do Friday, do a gig Saturday, and then come back Sunday for the last day, I I think I can make that work. I'd like to do Dragon Con too oh, in September. So let's let's chat about that offline. I 100 percent want it. I've never been to Dragon Con. Um, and yeah, and the other thing you could see is in an upcoming episode of Power of X-Men where we do our Dungeons and Dragons X-Men game, where I am the dungeon master for that. So stay tuned for that one because we Did had we a lot of fun. call you the daddy master? I'm forgetting. D- no, it was the, 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 da- dungeon daddy, I think is what you dungeon called Dungeon daddy. Da- yeah. <laughs> daddy master, dungeon daddy. I'll take all of them. Yeah, we that's being edited right now. So folks, stay tuned on that. This is probably going to air before just because I have to give that one a little bit more TLC. Well, thanks, sugar. The age of apocalypse is now over, and we'll see you next time. The age of apocalypse is over. For now. <laughs>